Uh, I mentioned yesterday, Carton had, had two careers. He went and he, he um, was a fireman and a plumber and worked for that for, I think, I was told 27 years total, whatever, and then retired. And then he spent 20 years working 40 hours a week for nothing so that he could give his life away. That's unusual, by the way. To, to work and not get a paycheck for it is unusual. But Carden wanted to do that. It, it really has to do with giftedness. I want, I want you to think about giftedness. What if we, I, am confused about giftedness and what it's for? In other words, God has gifted each one of you in some way. Yes, each one of you is gifted. But why? Here, here's what I, I'll start with the premise so you understand it. I promise you, he did not gift you so you could be self-centered. I promise you that. He didn't gift you so that you could use your gifts and talents just for you. And, and if you think, as you develop your gifts and your talents, you're thinking, what is best for me here? I think you're going to always be off base. You're never going to really find what you need to in life. If Carden were here, he'd tell you, you know what? Yeah, I could be a firefighter, an EMT, I could be a, a plumber, but that was just so that I could do this later. I was using that for this. And when you go through the Bible, what you see is the greatest calling that God makes for humans is that of a servant. I would challenge you to go through the Bible and look at how many times the ultimate compliment, somebody either pays themselves or somebody else is servant of God, servant of God, servant of God. Uh, Paul calls himself a servant of God. Elijah, praying on Mount Carmel. You know, God, let them know that you're God. If they think of me, I'm your servant. Servant, think of what a servant is. No, no rights. They get up every day, they got to do what the master wants, that's what they do. These guys, the highest compliment is servant. So talent, ability. It's really cool is that God is the one, or the master is the one that notices the ability and puts you in the place of service. So probably, if I was somebody's servant, they wouldn't be having me be their ballerina. Like, eh, not my thing. And they would realize that very quickly. They would find something else that I was gifted at to use. See, it's not for you to figure out what God wants you to do. It's for God to reveal to you what he made you to do. Let's get into it. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For just as the body is one, and many members, and all members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Understanding this illustration helps you tremendously. Our culture today is continually in a comparison mode, especially with the, the, the media that's out there. We are always comparing. And you think about how much time, you may not do it, where you say, I'm comparing myself to this person, but you always are. You see something on, you know, somebody, somebody goes to a party, whatever. So they post all these pictures. And, you know, maybe your first thing is, I didn't get invited. You know, they look like they're having fun without me. What you're doing immediately is comparing what they have portrayed against what is in your life. See, now, now think about how stupid that would be for the body to do that. The wrist, but an ankle gets all, I mean, every step it works. Oh, I'm ignored. I just hang here. 
In fact, Dave has his hand in his pocket most of the time. I don't even move. The wrist will be, that's not what it does. The wrist does certain things. The knuckles do certain things. The toes do certain things. The earlobes, whatever they're for, they do certain things. But, but they're, the, the one thing that they're not is complaining or comparing. Because they each have their own giftedness. What they do is develop their giftedness. And, and really, I want my elbow, you know, I want for my elbows to be like the best elbow it could be. That's all I want. My knee, best knee, man. I want that knee to be the best knee. Um, I have, uh, as a kid, if you've heard my story, I was in a wheelchair. I've got some bad hips. And, and as I've met with the orthopedic surgeons through the years, like, don't replace those babies. Right, those, those are important. I don't want false ones. I like the real ones. That's what I got given. I'm going to keep making them try to work the best I can the rest of my life. I don't want false knees. I don't want, no, am I against it? No, I just don't want them. I got parts. They work together. Yeah, I remember once I just thought my hips were terrible, and I go in, and my, my good friend, who is uh, a trainer for the, the Catholic team, looked at me and said, well, it's not your hips, it's your back. I said, what do you mean, my back? Well, they all work together. Your back's doing this, it's pulling that, it's doing that, that's the problem. So then, years before that, I went in for therapy because of my hips. I said, my hips are bad. The immediate service said, it's not your hips. <laughs> Stop this, you guys got this theme going on here. I'm telling you, my hips are good. No, but it's because your hamstrings are too tight. You got to stretch those out every day. If you don't stretch those out, you're going to limp like that. You know, I've stretched them out every day. I haven't had that problem since. What's interesting is that each part of the body works differently. But it affects the whole body. So what you want, what I want, what I want for my body is, I want my elbow, my hamstrings, I want my back, I want all of those things to be healthy in the way that they're made. And then all of a sudden, everything works. So I'm not jealous if, if, if you know, if my eyeballs get more recognition, you know, than my kneecaps. They should. You're, you're not looking at my kneecaps. You're looking at my eyes. And my kneecaps should never be upset with that. God has gifted each of you in a very particular way. What you want to do is be excited about how God gifted you. And as a fellow believer, you want to look and think, this person, how are they gifted? How can I help them use their gift? How can I help them develop their gift? How can I make them successful? That's what love is. Can you imagine living in a world where you enjoyed how God made you? You rejoice with others in how they're made. And you help people develop into who they are made to be. You'll find that people will be plumbers and EMTs and teachers and artists and musicians and they're all different. And you plot each other. You'll find they'll be rich, they'll be poor. They'll be, you're, you're excited about the fact that there's differences. Here's some principles. Psalm 139, 13 to 14. You alone created my inner being. You knitted me together inside my mother. I will give thanks to you. Because I have been so amazingly and miraculously made. Your works are miraculous. My soul is fully aware of this. When's the last time your soul was fully aware of the fact that God created you inside your mother's womb and has made you exactly the way he wants you? Now you may look in the mirror and say, I wish I had a different face, hair, 
nose, ear, earlobe, whatever. I wish I was, you know, wish I had the, the beach muscles. I remember I played football and I, I didn't, I never gained a pound. I started at 205, I ended at 205 four years later and I tried, I kept saying, if I only could gain, if I could be 250 pounds, look out world. I didn't gain a pound. I kept saying, what's wrong? It's almost as if God was saying, I didn't make you to be 250 pounds. I made you to be this. Yeah, but if I were 200, you know, the guys I know now that beefed up artificially, they're all, yeah, fat hanging all over the place. If not, they're skinny and they got skin hanging all over the place. It just wasn't made for that. You're made for a certain thing. Enjoy who you are. When's the last time that you just came to God and thanked him for the way he made you? We're too busy comparing ourselves to other people. What's really interesting, acknowledging what is helps you avoid what you should avoid. In other words, acknowledging. If, if every day I would acknowledge before God, if every day I could get up and say, God, thank you for making me the way you made me. I'm not saying, you know, we're not using this for an excuse saying, well, you know, I would, I'm just a liar. That's just who I am. God made me a liar. Don't try that. That's not a gift. But when I get up, I can say, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the struggles I had as a kid in the wheelchair. Because this is what they taught me. Thank you for that. Thank you for you know, the face you gave me. Because you know what? My wife actually likes it. And you made it so that she liked it somehow. So that was good. Thank you for this. And thank you for that. And all of a sudden, when, when the world starts sending me messages that say, you're not what you should be, I go, I know the truth. That's a lie. I am what I should be. So take that, world. And now, I'm more stable. I'm not running around trying to create who I am. I was already created. I already am. See, when you start doing, acknowledging what's true, what's false peels away. It's, it's not really rocket science. You alone created me. You alone, God. You created me inside my mother. You knitted me. The idea of knitting is very intriguing. Needle, needle, a little bit at a time. I'm amazing. How you made me is amazing. You talk to a doctor for a while, just see. You know, this coronavirus thing, is talking to a doctor who works in that area. He just said, you know, be careful. The viruses are interesting. They fight each other. Cold viruses are king. You got a cold, you're never going to get COVID. Why well, you got a cold, the COVID, the cold will kill the COVID. And it's like, oh, interesting. And he told me all about how the body works. It's like pretty amazing, God, how you did all this. Yeah, it is. So immediately go to God and say, that's pretty amazing. Psalm 119, 73, 74, you made me, you created me. What happens if you start every day saying that to yourself? Because you're quoting scripture. Now give me a, the sense to follow your commands. That is such a great line. God, you made me, you created me. Now give me the common sense to live the way I was made. People today wonder about their gender, whatever else. It's like, what are you doing? What are you telling God? He made you a certain way. Give you the sense to live in the context of how you were made. That makes sense. My elbow. Give my elbow to be the way it's supposed to be. It's an elbow. So it should be working like an elbow. I don't use it for a hammer. It's not made for that. I put a hammer in my hand and go like this. Now it's working like it should. 
You know, sometimes we lose our sense. We lose our common sense. And believe it or not, the psalmist is saying, you made me, you created me. Acknowledging the fact that I'm made by God. So that fact means there's no accident. Not an accident to my hair, not an accident to my face, not an accident to my gender, not an accident to my whatever. No accident. God, you made me. So give me the sense to follow you. That's all. This is not rocket science again. This is pretty simple stuff. May all who fear you find in me a cause for joy. Because I put my hope in your word. What a cool statement. May all who actually know you, God, and fear you when they see me, may they find a cause for joy. You know why? Because, again, let's go back to the illustration. When they see the elbow working, they're going, yes. Elbow works great. Cause for joy. Now, I tell you, when it doesn't work, pretty painful stuff. And it affects the whole body. So it works, you're going. You know, for years, I, my, my one toe was in bad shape. And, and I would just limp and limp and limp. And finally, I said, you really should get that fixed. I just, uh, I don't want to get fixed. Finally, I went in last year, got it fixed. I'm so glad I got it fixed. Like, you know. But that one toe affected everything. It affected bike riding, it affected walking, it affected... Everything got affected by it. So my elbow was actually affected by my toe. You know, now I go out and I go, look at this, no pain. <laughs> my whole body goes, yay. And now I get to do things that I didn't do before. So the whole body's going, I'm really glad everyone's doing what they're supposed to. The way you're made, that's how you're supposed to go, toe. Got it. When we as a culture come to God and say, you, met, you messed up on the creation, say, God, you got it all wrong. God goes, get sensible, would you? I made you this way. Live within the context of how I made you, or you're going to be one miserable person. Promise you that. There's a reason why in our country, suicide in, in, in some states, has, for children, children, I've never heard it before this year, became something that they declared a, a, an emergency state of. Kids are confused. They don't need to be confused. Isaiah 64, 8. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are clay. You made the potter. We are all the work of your hands. Very simple acknowledgement. God, you crafted me. You know, I, I would rather have been a big Swedish coffee mug. You're not. You're an Italian espresso mug. Let all... Whatever. Nothing bad about that because somebody likes espresso. Us Swedes want a big cup because we can only have one a day, so we like it about this big. The bottom line really is when you acknowledge what's true, you go through these three verses, you acknowledge what's true, what's false starts to fade away. And that's what you do with the Bible. Jeremiah 1, 4 to 5, the Lord gave me this message. I knew you before you were born in your mother's womb. Oh. I think God, you know, made a mistake. No, he knew you before you were ever even created. He knew all about you. That weird thing, I know. And it's weird because you and I can't grasp the idea of God being timeless. We can't do that. There's no way that you can do it. So you can try and you'll spend the rest of your life being frustrated because you do not know what it's like to live in a timeless situation. But right now, God is in the past, present, and future. I don't know what that means. Because I'm Dave and I'm tied to the present. Carden right now, my dad, my mom, they're experiencing some of that at this point. I have no idea 
had to experience that at this point. But, but they are. So they know something I don't know. But it's very cool to think, God, you knew me. Before you were born, I set you apart. Before Dave Wager was born, he knew I was going to be born to Joyce and Richard Wager. He knew I was going to have an older brother, Rick. He knew that I'd be doing this for all my life. And you know, he uniquely prepared me to do what I do. That's all. It's really about him, not me. I just show up every day and do what God made me to do. Before Carton died, he scribbled on a piece of paper that he wanted me to do his funeral. There's a reason he wants me to do his funeral. Because we've talked about death a lot. We've talked about funerals. We've talked about what a privilege it is at a funeral to say anything. This isn't a surprise. You see, what's interesting is before I was even born, God knew what was going to happen. And he prepared me for it. You, you want to run away from that. You're not going to be in the plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. If you know anything about God, you realize He wants you to be successful as an elbow. Yeah, but I don't want to be an elbow. It'd be like if I insisted on being a mathematician or a, an accountant. First of all, I think you've got to add better than counting on your fingers. Secondly, you've got to care about numbers. I don't, none of those things matter to me. I am the worst when it comes to that. So God said, let's keep you away from that. I didn't make you to do that. Here's what I made you. You know, i got a passion for teaching. i got a passion for sharing with you what God has said. That's what my passion is. Where did it come from? I don't know. God just gave it to me. Anyone can do this, by the way, if you notice what I'm doing. I'm just reading and telling you what it says. That's pretty easy, I think, God. You gave me one of the easiest jobs in the universe. I just got to read it and say, look what God said, apply it, thank you, leave. That's pretty much it. Oh, and the only hard part is, I've been doing this for 40 years and nothing's changed, so I'm saying the same thing over and over again. He knew the plans he had for me. He put me in the right position. Ephesians 2, 10, for we are his workmanship. Look, look at what it says. We're his workmanship. And we're created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. Now, those of you that know me well know I hate the word good. That word good is actually properly used because it's comparing you to right. Right works. There's right works. There's wrong works. You were prepared to do what's right. Elbow, you were prepared to do this. That's what you were made for. Do it. Contribute to the body, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. First Peter 4, 10 and 11. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. This is a great verse. He just, there's no doubt that each one of you, from all those verses I just read, each one of you is specially made by God, and he has given you spiritual gifts. Look, look what it says to use them for. Use them well to serve one another. Wow! You're a musician? Use your music to serve God and each other. You good at numbers? Use your good at numbers to serve God and others. You cook? Use your cooking stuff to serve others, to serve God. See, the problem we get in the United States especially is, I think I have this skill or ability 
So I need to take care of me with it. And God's saying, that's not why I gave it to you. Oh, by the way, if you don't work, you don't eat. I'm not so you go and you take the skill that you have and you use it. I still think if you were to look at my skill and talent ability, I think that I don't have that many really good skills. I mean, no one wants me to build for them. Nobody wants, there's a lot of things they don't want me to do. If I went Dan Betts to do something, I'd just say, well, I'll, I'll put a new outlet on the outside of that building. It'll be there before I walk over there. Right, because he doesn't want me messing with it. I'll do it. I'll just probably do it wrong, but I'll do it. You see, what happens is, in my position through the years, I'm in the perfect position to look and to see what people are gifted at and put them in their spot because I can't do what they do. So in a way, I've been gifted by not being gifted. Because I have to look at Dan, and I have to look at all these guys. You know, look at Drew. His dad was here doing the beginning for our math and books and all that stuff. I don't, I don't know any of that stuff. So I had to go to all these people and say, you want to do this? You want to do this? You want to do this? Boom. Done. Everyone goes, boy, Dave, you do a good job. All I did was put him in place, him in place, her in place, her in place. That's what I did. Right. Boy, you do a good job. Thank you. Just don't ask me to do it. But you know, if you've been around, I'll do anything. Need someone to drive that skid steer? Boom. I'm in it. You need someone to do this? I'll do it. Will I do it as good as somebody that's gifted at it? No. But I find you don't have to be gifted at digging ditches, right, Aiden? <laughs> there are some things you don't need giftedness in. Plunging toilets, moving rock. You don't need to be gifted at those things. You need to do those things. But then there's giftedness beyond that. And that's what you discover and you start saying, God, thank you. You gave me what you gave me. Whatever it is, you gave it to me so I could serve. And, and what will make you the most miserable person on the planet is if you start messing up and thinking that gift was given to you for you. Or you ignore the gift. Remember when God gave people talents and the ones that got in trouble were the ones that didn't do anything with it. I could have said, you know, I'm not really a gifted builder. I'm not really a gifted blah, blah, fill in the blank. Or I could have said, hmm, I wonder if that's my gift. I wonder if I can notice when other people are good at something. One of the things that I do well is notice when somebody's good at something. And if you've been around me long enough, you know I'm constantly putting you in those places. Because that's where I want you to thrive. That's kind of my gift. That's my thing. I can't do it like you. Oh, I wish I could. I wish I, I wish I could sit and play the piano. I even took five years of piano lessons until I was convinced I can't play the piano. It wasn't my gift. Matthew 28, 28. Even as the Son of Man came, came what? Not to be served. He didn't come. Of all people that could have come to be served, it was him. But when he came to show us how to do it, he came to serve. And to do what? And to give his life a ransom for many. You see, in a way, Jesus had the one singular gift that you and I needed. Where he could pay for our sins. And he came and did it. Did him dying on the cross, did he need to do that in order to be God? No. Does he need us in order to be God? No. Oh, he did that for us. Right. 
You know why? He's the only one that could. And he didn't keep it to himself. I promise you this. If you find your giftedness, it's going to be unique. If you think I'm the same as... No, you may have similar things. You know, athletic, whatever. Art. You may have similar, but all of you are going to be unique. And you're really a free person when you realize the reason I have these gifts is to give them away and make other people successful. And what happens when you really live that way, you live kind of like Cardin did. You realize, okay, I've made enough money, let's go give the rest of my life away, however many years that is. Why? Because I have some skills. And when I talk to me, I've got some skills, plumbing, EMT, I've been a firefighter, I can build certain, I, I can give those away now. Or you could use the next 20 years to make yourself a millionaire in what you're doing. Good, but what, what use is that? I wasn't made to hoard my gifts. Made to give them away. And because of that, he was successful in life. I don't know what God said to him when he saw him, because I'm not God and God doesn't lie and I can't speculate. But I do know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And if he could come back and talk to you today, he'd say, don't live for yourself. That's silly. There's a whole eternity ahead that's different. Each one of you are gifted. You may not feel it today. I understand that. In the world in which you live, they're going to keep pressing you down. Because in a world that's godless, somehow they've got to beat people up in order to feel good about themselves. They've got to push you down. The Christianity is different than that. Christianity, if you understand God, you don't push people down. You look for their giftedness and push them up. Different. Now, some of you have been gifted, really gifted, in cleaning. You might say anyone can clean. I agree. Anyone can. You can clean up. That's no excuse. You should be people who clean. But some people, when they clean, it's clean. You never know what God's put in your heart until you start going out and doing different things and you start seeing this is a natural, this is a bend. Remember the Bible tells us in Proverbs that if you raise a child according to the way his bend, he'll never depart from it. We don't all have the same bends. They're different bends. And they, once you get there, you're saying, that's who I am, right there. I'm an elbow. I'm going to be the best elbow. And that's all I am. You're pretty silly on your own if you are an elbow. You won't last if everybody's an elbow. And you really need the other parts to make your elbow worth anything. Cut it off, it dies, bury it, it's no good anymore. God gifted each one of you. Next time you're comparing yourself and you're upset, remember, that's not going to get you anywhere. Instead, go back to those verses I gave before and say, I'm going to remind myself what's true every day. I'm going to remind myself of what's true. And then you live in that context, and you'd be okay. Let me pray. Father, again, thank you for this group. I pray that you continually work in our hearts. Draw us to yourself. Continually remind us of how important we are to you. Not, not to the rest of the world, not to everybody else that we see, but to you. And, and we're so thankful that you gave us all different gifts, different abilities. We pray today, as we do Cardin's memorial service, that people will be reminded of your goodness and be challenged to use their gifts and talents for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Any more announcements, sir? Nope. You are free to skedaddle.